Happy holidays, everyone. This is your girl, Jenny Blaze. Today is Thanksgiving, and I want to express how thankful I am to all of you who listen and watch Bravo and Blaze. As you may have noticed, my background has changed again. We are evolving and growing here at Bravo and Blaze. Thanks to all of you and your support. You can find Bravo and Blaze with Jenny Blaze on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're wondering how you can support Bravo and Blaze, please consider following, subscribing, leaving a five-star review for the podcast, liking and commenting on YouTube, and sharing with anyone you think may be interested in joining us. Don't forget our social media handle is at Bravo and Blaze on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. On YouTube, our channel is at Jenny Blaze. And as you may know, bravoandblaze.com has all sorts of fun Bravo-inspired merch for purchase. With the return of Mary Cosby this season, I can't help but feel like my grandfather MFR mug is an absolute treasure. And you can get one for yourself at bravoandblaze.com. Good news. Part one of the BravoCon recap is available now on Patreon or for subscribers on Instagram. I give you all more details of my BravoCon adventure that I can't share here on my public platform. So if you're interested, please go check that out. Link is in the show notes. Also, if you are someone who shops on Amazon, please refer to my Amazon storefront from the link in the show notes to see all the products I mention in my stories and on social media. As an Amazon affiliate, I earn commission off anything you purchase 24 hours after clicking my link. Your support is greatly appreciated. Also, I just love recommending products that I absolutely love. Right now, I'm obsessed with Govi lights. I keep talking about it in my stories. You can even see it here in my background. Look, Ooh, red, Bravo and Blaze red. Lighting just changes everything. As a disclaimer, I like to remind everyone that this show is for entertainment purposes only. This is also by no means an avenue or vehicle for anyone to bully or attack anyone. We are simply here to connect, express our opinions, blaze, have fun, and love each other. I don't know. What I love about bravoing and blazing is that there's like a part of my brain that opens up that is very aware that what we're watching is not like true reality. I took a class in college. It was Anthropology 101. I did not know what I was getting into. I just signed up because I thought it was easy because I saw like 101 and it like <laughs> checked off a requirement I needed. And it was like the study of this indigenous tribe where, and it was like in the 70s. So this is like, don't forget in the 70s, there was already like cameras and stuff that existed, but only really in like Hollywood because a camera was not like what cameras are today. So the accessibility wasn't as, you know, great as it is today. And back in the 70s, this guy, he took a camera and like documented him trying to blend into this indigenous tribe and the big like controversial topic in this study was you know can this even be a true representation of reality 
just having the cameras there alone changes everything. So it's not a true setting. And I, when I watch reality TV, that's obviously in the back of my mind. And it's interesting to me because sometimes I feel like some people may get caught up in the moment and like maybe forget that the cameras are there. Not completely forget, but just like their filter, their internal filter sometimes like fades. And those are like those raw moments we see that I think are really fascinating. But then also from the other side of the spectrum, we see people who we know, they know, they are very well aware of what they're doing and saying on camera and to the cameras. And that part is interesting too, because it's like they're trying to, I don't want to say manipulate because that sounds like negative, but they are, it's just, I love this stuff. I'm going down a tangent because I actually did smoke kind of a lot before I started. Okay. Smooth transition here. Okay. So for today's episode, we are going to go through all the latest Bravo shows that aired this week, in addition to Special Forces. But we have Real Housewives of Potomac, Married to Medicine, Special Forces. I'm going to go in order of how I watched them this week. Below Deck Med, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Winter House, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and Real Housewives of Miami. Because there's always so much going on in the Bravo world, I'm going to share my Instagram stories with you all on my screen. If you're currently listening to just the audio of this podcast, just know that you can refer to the visuals on Instagram and or on YouTube. Unfortunately, Instagram stories disappear after 24 hours and after the 24 hours, only I can see my archive stories. So you either have to watch on social media real time or see them again on YouTube. But no worries, because you don't need to see the visuals to follow along. And before I start sharing, I just, going into the 420 news, Snoop Condesol, and we'll get into that, because I'm going to start my stories from after last week's episode okay right out the gate this is from real moms of bravo reality sucks podcast um and it's from actually the jeff lewis live after show apparently and i i feel bad because i don't know exactly who is talking on this on this clip but the headline says shep was horrific at BravoCon, and i just wrote like uh it feel it feels like validation every time I hear these kind of stories and validation feels like victory. Cause like, you know, when you're wronged and like Shep, I, I wouldn't say Shep like really wronged me, but just I know he's wronged other people. And when you you can't get justice sometimes when you're wronged. So validation is like a victory. And so listening to the story felt like victory for me. She goes on to say that during BravoCon, she was gambling. She was just like at a blackjack table or I don't know if it was blackjack or something else. But Shep comes and sits down and he's hammered. And he's he's trying, 
<laughs> I guess like, you know, when you gamble, you have to follow certain rules. Like the dealer will tell you, you have to like put your chips in this box right here or whatever. And one of the rules is you have to like stack your chips if you're betting. And I guess Shep kept like, just like throwing them or whatever, wouldn't stack them. And he, and the dealer kept repeating himself. And so finally Shep said something like you stack them. And I guess he got really rude um, to the point where this person got up and left. Cause she was like, I don't even want to have anything to do with this. And um, I think, yeah, that's sounds on par for Shep. Okay. This one. Oops. Reality ops. So on Lala's Amazon live, <laughs> it sounds funny because speaking of Shep, I guess Taylor during the Bravos, which was Friday night, <clears throat> they were all sitting in like the first two or three rows and Taylor Armstrong, I guess, was going off on the Southern charm guys. <laughs> and I just love that. Um, outside of Bravo, non-Bravo related, I did watch um, Matt Reif's comedy special and it wasn't awful but there were there were a lot of cringe moments I don't understand I don't I mean I do understand why he's getting these sold out crowds or whatever but I don't know if it's um appropriate for his career level in comparison to like old school traditional ways so Joe Coy right now is like my favorite comedian and he's been doing this for decades longer than Matt Reif has been alive I think so but Joe Coy he had to actually like hand out like tapes or CDs or DVDs or flyers to people to go to his shows and stuff like he really he went through that grind. Whereas like today, today's technology, YouTube, for example, allows people to bypass that part of the grind when building something. And so if Joe Coy was born later, if he was younger, I feel like he would have a totally different like he would have blew up a long time ago because it's just easier to get your name out there so i understand why he's getting these sold out crowds and he's obviously good looking um but he is kind of problematic and speaking of shep <laughs> back to shep but i find it hard for a straight quote-unquote straight Caucasian male to truly be funny at the core because I feel like you need to have some kind of adversity to be funny like you have to understand you have to be able to like know what it's like to be at the lowest of the low <laughs> so that you can laugh about it because if you're like privileged and ignorant to that 
like the like people who have actually faced adversity, then you're missing out on like the majority of the population <laughs> that you can relate to. So I mean, I don't know what to say about Matt Rife, but I did like that he said, like I got, I did connect with him during the part where he was talking about internet trolls. And it's, that's, it's funny to me because you can see his lack of maturity in this part of his, his standup because trolls are, inevitable no matter how big or small you are I feel like and it really is a topic that needs to be like talked about more because there's so many different types of trolls and different types of trolling and it does I feel like impact the person on the other end in different ways so I don't know exactly how he's been trolled but the fact that he like brought it up you can tell it's like that's really affected him. And I understand to a certain extent, I would like to hear more about his trolling experience and how he's been affected because the, he's, he goes on to say, I am a nice person. I never want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I fucking will. And I kind of like related in that moment, not because I totally agree with that, but there have been times where I've been trolled where it's been completely unjustified and they've actually done some trolling to the point where they've caused harm. And by law, some of them have crossed the line and I, you know, technically could sue, but then like going through that whole process of suing someone is like, piling on to the the damage I feel like so it's like I don't really want to go through that <laughs> it's like how but then these people never learn a lesson too so I felt like I could relate to him in that moment because it's like I don't I'm none of my intent is to hurt people directly <laughs> I mean I might make fun of Tom Sandoval but I won't go up to him and be like, you're a piece of crap. Um, so I think there's a difference there. I don't know. I'm like, like stoner talking right now because I don't even know what I was getting at. But yeah, controversial. <laughs> Move on. Snoop, look, so this is like, was this Friday? It was Friday or Saturday. And Snoop was, this is like his third post and he wrote natural high with like a clock and music and he's got a picture of himself looking sad and at this point because I need to let's talk about Snoop for a second <clears throat> he posted that he was giving up smoke which is cryptic right and like obviously and like this is Snoop Dogg is he really quitting I feel and why would he feel the need to make a big announcement my initial instinct was this is some kind of marketing thing. But it you can't really speculate that because what if it isn't? Then you don't want to be the person that's like, oh, you're a faker. You you don't have some terminal illness. Like, I don't wanna, if that was the case, I don't want to be that person. 
So I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, like respect his privacy. I'm going along with it because I trust Snoop, right? And then turns out we find out it was all for an ad. And I, at first I was like, I had relief. I was like, oh, thank God. Like there's nothing wrong with him. And I was like, this isn't even funny. And then I started to get mad. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I went through this wave roller coaster of emotions over this. And then, then he starts like trolling us. I'll, we'll go through the post. He starts even like laughing about it. And I'm just like, this feels kind of like a Brooks cancer scam. Like, come on, Snoop. We trusted you. Now you can never do this again, by the way. Like you only get one opportunity to, to fool people like this in your lifetime and you used it. So I don't know. You better not try this again. Um, Shout out to Chad, not security. Bravo did a whole little, like they followed him at BravoCon. It was really cute. Um, Oh, Magic Mike. I'm skipping through some of these. Oh, okay. So I watched a documentary on Tyler Perry. And one thing he said, um, this is a quote from him, which reminded me of Dorinda quoting Tyler Perry to Luann. Okay. So he says, this is how it goes. No matter how well or good your intention is, no matter how many people it really lifts out of despair and sadness, it only matters to certain critics. If it is what they deem to be art. This felt like such a more mature response to trolls in contrast to Matt Reif. (laughs) I am a nice person. I never want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I fucking will. Like you can tell. And then I just learned about how Tyler Perry's life and his career within the last couple of years. And I... I'm blown away by this man, just like his accomplishments, what he's been through, his success, his perseverance. He's, I would love to meet Tyler Perry someday. That is like a goal of mine. So in this documentary though, and I don't think this documentary told us everything, but he, and I knew that he had a lot of trauma growing up. I didn't know to what extent and like, what type of trauma, but he talked about his father beating him really bad. And that would get him to the point where he would like disassociate himself from his body. And I've heard other like abuse survivors kind of say the same thing. Like I actually watched a documentary about um, this guy with multiple personalities who was like turned into a, like a murderer. And they did a study on him and he had, his trauma was so bad. And the psychiatrists were saying like, he really has all these different personalities that he's developed from years and years of abuse, not just physical abuse, but sexual abuse and all this stuff. And so the way that they were describing how that condition developed, like, I was triggered by what Tyler was saying and how he's like, you know, I remember my knuckles 
like clenching onto the chained fence while I was getting beat. And I just remember like that little boy left my body. Like I disassociated or whatever. And it was, it's heartbreaking to hear these stories. Um, But he said in this documentary, like he would ask his mom, is that my dad? Because he couldn't believe that a father could do this to his son. And he, I guess, I don't know what his mother said, but eventually when he was 30, they got a DNA test and turns out it wasn't his father. And he he said that he believed his father his father was beating him because he thought he wasn't his child. And imagine, imagine you're married. I don't know what went down in this marriage, but imagine you, your wife tells you that this is your kid and it's not. And there was no DNA testing back then. So you're just like, nobody knows. And on top of that, I'm not trying to justify his father's abusive behavior, by the way. Like, this is an awful, awful story, but it it's very, um, I think it demonstrates generational trauma because turns out Tyler's father was found in a ditch with three of his siblings when he was two years old. And was raised by a 14-year-old girl who had a bedridden father who was a slave. And the only way she knew how to get the kids to behave was to hang them in a potato sack in a tree and beat them. This is why we need to talk about generational trauma. Like, that stuff trickles down. And we have a mental health problem in this country. Okay, I'm gonna move on, but I love Tyler Perry. Um, make sure here's a Amazon find my BravoCon dresses. I love them. They were a last minute purchase. I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna wear. I'm so I was like stressing forever, and I was just like, you know what? I know that I love Rioria. I hadn't tried these dresses before, but I was like, they have Bravo and Blaze Red. I got them in like four different necklines and sleeves. And I was like, we'll just see how it goes. And I freaking love them so much. And then I did um, some Christmas pictures with my kids. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have an extra one for my 14 year old. Boom, win. We don't have to get new outfits and we match the younger girls. So you can find links to that on my Amazon store in the show notes. Uh, news from the family karma world, which we know is on pause, quote unquote on pause, Monica and Rish are engaged. And that was like a big, that was like the biggest storyline of last season was he was, I need to know what everyone thinks because I'm like happy for them, I guess, but I don't really like Rish. I think he's manipulative and maybe not, you know, like 
he probably isn't waking up every day thinking like I am totally going to get away with manipulating Monica. I don't think it's that kind of situation. I think with the cultural pressures of getting married and like, but also being here in the U.S. where, you know, modern times are different now. Like people, the old traditional ways don't really match today's world, I feel like. So I think Rish is probably having his own internal struggle. But I hope that, you know, I wish them the best and I hope nothing but happiness for them. The blonde Puerto Rican posted um, Jessel's, part of Jessel's article in, what was this in? Us Weekly. Um, number two, so she goes through a list of things. And number two, I cannot stand cilantro. The smell, the taste, the texture, it's commonly used in Indian cuisine. And I used to throw a tantrum as a child when it was in my food. My mom thought she was outsmarting me by blending it into her cooking, but I was so sensitive to it. I knew it was there and refused to eat. Girl, Sam, I love hating on cilantro. <laughs> Ugh, more Govi lights. Govi lights are literally like my personality now. I don't know how I lived before. There's no way to live going forward. So for those of you listening, I have Govi lights on the back of my TV and they're dynamic and they're controlled by an app. And also they there's a camera. So like the camera changes the colors of the lights. I freaking love it. And then I have a lamp or a floor lamp um two light bulbs and then i have i don't is this Govi? i don't know if that's Govi, but i love it okay so monday morning the talk of shame i saw this on the talk of shame first snoop condesol it's a smokeless ad and it's genius but like i said it made me go through like a whole roller coaster of emotion and I feel like Vic Vicky Gunvalson screaming, I've been conned. Not cool. Not cool, Snoop. Also on Monday, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion was filmed. So we'll talk about that in a second. How could you do this to me? Question mark to Snoop. Um, other news, Shaw's of Sunset is on Netflix. This is the second Bravo show, original Bravo show to be on Netflix in the last couple months. So this is very interesting in the media industry. <laughs> that means they're syndicating and I wonder how much they're paying for it. So yeah, I think it's just the first two seasons. <clears throat> so Bravo, Bravo knows. <laughs> Bravo knows that we want to know who's sitting where at the reunions and they release the reunion seating chart, but I'll get to that when we get to Housewives too, because I also got thoughts from people on what they think about um, the reunion seating. So I'll read those too. Oh my God. Another crazy thing I watched was escaping twin flames and I'm not even going to talk about it because I'm still trying to erase it from my brain, but it's the creepiest thing ever. I really am fascinated by cults. <laughs> I just think like 
the psychology and sociology behind it is so wild to me. And this was a case where in the beginning, I was kind of slow. I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, really? These people are like joining a cult to find their like true love. I'm like that you're going to have to give me some other perks. Cause I don't think I would join for that. Um, so, oh my gosh, this guy even made them do a report on how, He's not a cult leader, but, oh, this part was interesting. There was one former cult member who left and they're interviewing her and she's like, I moved back to my parents. I think I really need time to figure out how to think for myself so I could come to find who I was. And I was just like, oh my God, that sounds just like Raquel slash Rachel. And I've been saying Tom Sandoval is a wannabe cult leader, failed cult leader, we should say. Ugh, it was awful. But then at the end, <laughs> I was like just waiting for this to be over. I could have just turned it off, but I couldn't really. So at the end, they they put up like some information at the end and it says, there are over 10,000 cults currently operating in the U.S. And the number of internet-based cults since the pandemic is rapidly increasing. So I already watched Bravo since, you know, before Housewives, Project Runway days, you know, Queer Eye for the Street Guy. But I really dove in all the way during COVID. And that just like raised a red flag in me. I was like, are we in a cult? And 60% of you think we are. Oh, and other news, the Real Housewives Zone posted, okay, apparently, remember when Bethany and Nini were like teaming up for some reality reckoning or whatever? Nini has since deleted her posts with Bethany doing Bethany's podcast. It's still on Bethany's page, but no longer on Nini's. Also, when Bethany does a podcast with anyone, they are tagged. So it posts on both their pages. Well, since Nini deleted hers, the one on Bethany's doesn't link to Nini's anymore. Remember, they were doing a limited series. It's been crickets for a month. I think they fell out. But Nini left up her post doing the podcast with Carlos King. Something's up. Turns out Nini was followed by, has been followed by Bravo. And I don't know the sequence of events if like she, you know, removed her post with Bethany first and then they followed her or the other way around. I'm not sure, but I find that very interesting. I hope we see her at next year's BravoCon. Other news, a blonde Puerto Rican posted from page, <clears throat> page six. Lindsay Hubbard spent canceled wedding day on first date with Johnny Bananas. At first, I was like, no, no, this is not good. But then I was like, you know what? They're probably going to have a really good time. <laughs> I think it's going to be entertaining. Kind of here for it now. Oh, okay. Bravo by Gays posted from The Real Candace from, Poto from Potomac. She's singing the Vanderpump Rules song, and I freaking loved it. I love a crossover. I love Candace. I love that she's into Vanderpump Rules now. <laughs> love this crossover. Look, here's Snoop rubbing it in our faces. He's smoking. 
Shout out to Listen Honey and the Bravo Babe. Look, here's my life-changing lights. Go V lights. So Snoop is like trolling us now. He's been posting troll posts after saying like, I was just messing with y'all. <sighs> I'm disappointed, Snoop. Anyways. um, Oh my gosh. So my other love outside of Bravo is investigation, investigation Discovery. And there's a new show called Naked Crimes. And it's so wild and crazy. At first, I was like, what is this? I thought it was going to be funny. It's not. It's not funny. Well, it's kind of funny, but like, not really. Um, but I recommend it. Good news. We did it, Joe. We only had two episodes so far of the season, and we've already made the top 100 charts for TV reviews on Good Pod. So thank you. Thank you guys so much. Makes me want to cry. Why am I like this? There's my glowy lights. Ugh. Joe Coy is going to be in Rochester on Sunday, November 26th at 7.30 p.m. And I am kind of thinking about going. I asked you guys if I should go, and 76% of you said yes. It's over three hours away, though. We'll see. So now I'm going to go into each show from this week. First up is Real Housewives of Potomac, Season 8, Episode 3, Heaven is a Place in Potomac. The episode description is Ashley's seaside in the city housewarming party continues as Robin shares Juan's response to her intervention. Giselle prepares for Grace to go off to college as Wendy organizes her two sons' first communion brunch and Neka makes claims against Wendy's family. Ashley realizes too late that she may have misconstrued information about Aneka that she passed on to Wendy. Oh my gosh. So the Wendy and Nega thing is like so confusing now, like going back. First, Ashley tells Wendy that there's that Nega's talking crap about her. And then she corrects herself, but not before Wendy's cousins. I don't I don't remember the connection. It was wild. But like one of their mutual friends, I guess they got into it and it got back to Anika. And I don't know if Wendy knows about it, but Anika told the story to Robin at lunch and it was just like wild. And they were saying like, I think she said, um, Wendy's mom is doing voodoo on Anika. <laughs> she has a shrine. It was really wild, but um, also I'm like, I'm getting scared of Wendy's mom because she kept saying that she birthed her grandchildren and we all know that she didn't. And I get it. Like if she said it one, one time or two times as kind of like a joke, like metaphorically <laughs> or something, but no, she just keeps saying it as if she really did give birth to them. And I'm so confused. Like, what is going on here? But I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Wendy seems like not tolerant at all of anything right now. So this will be interesting. Okay, I'm going to move on to Mary to Medicine. 
Married to Medicine, Season 10, Episode 3, Pamper Party Crasher. Oh, my God. This episode was good. Okay. Thinking she's having a fun girls' night out with Dr. Heavenly, Sweet Tea ends up spilling the tea about her relationship issues with Dr. G. Dr. Simone drops a truth bomb on her sons on a family night out. With the upcoming wedding, the fellas take Dr. G out for the bachelor party of a lifetime while the ladies give Sweet Tea an over-the-top bachelorette party that ends with an unexpected visitor. Ooh, okay, this one was wild. Um, well, for one, Sweet Tea is talking about her red flags with Dr. G and it's not stopping her. So I think she's choosing to ignore those red flags. Um, I love the scene with Dr. Simone and her sons because they're like, they're basically talking about how they want to, they're expecting to live back at home. And she's like, uh, excuse me, what? And I just, (laughs) that felt so relatable because I think I've done that to my parents like before in the past when I was younger, but like an adult. And also that's one of my biggest fears as a parent now. And I just feel like Dr. Simone was so relatable in that moment. But the real crazy part comes up like more towards the end of the episode when they have their two separate nights the ladies are having their you know bachelorette party the guys are having their bachelor party which was I can't believe they showed all that on tv (laughs) it's kind of a lot they were blurring out crotch areas and I was just like well okay but then the ladies bachelorette party was pretty nice because the first thing Toya gets all these men with like no clothes on. It was like Magic Mike men. <laughs> Dr. Evan Lee is like, I'm Mary, stay away from me. Oh my gosh. So as I, they're all cool with it. I don't know. It's like, I feel like if um they were proportionately sexual in a fun way, I think, I hope. <laughs> but what surprised me was because we've seen Sweet Tea go off and like we know that Quad shows up, right? And turns out it was Sweet Tea gets a phone call from her wedding planner or whatever. And they're saying like, we have to change the venue. They can't accommodate or whatever. And like, obviously she's upset about that. But then her sister is sitting right next to her. And I couldn't, I rewound it like a, multiple times. And the captions didn't show up, but I didn't hear what she said. I think she was just like, like, don't just calm down or whatever. It didn't seem like a big deal, but Sweetie starts going off on her sister. And I was like, what just happened? And her screaming and everything was at her sister over like nothing. And I was totally thrown off. I'm like, what is going on? I don't even know why she's, why they're fighting, but maybe... What I took it as was Sweet Tea was like just releasing her frustration from this bad news that she just got onto her sister because that's what we do, right? Like when we're comfortable with someone like our sister, someone in our family, like we just let it out sometimes. So that's what I took it as. Um, But then I'm thinking once Quad shows up that she's going to give that same kind of energy. And it was like polar opposite. She was just like, hi, 
are you? <laughs> Toya was the one that was like, what are you doing here? Excuse me. It was, I loved Toya so much in that moment. Like I, I like quad and I really was like, oh my God, I'm, I was impressed by Sweet T's reaction to quad being there and even quad too. Like, I don't know, whatever, but Toya was not having it. And I think that was appropriate on her part. She probably didn't have to go so hard, but it was genuine. Obviously she was like, no. Mm -mm. So it was good that she brought that energy so that Sweet Tea wouldn't have to, because that would have sucked for Sweet Tea if Toya was just like, oh yeah, what's the big deal? Like that would have kind of made me feel uncomfortable if I was Sweet Tea. So um, she wound up leaving. <laughs> Everything was good. Um, but oh. Married to Medicine. What a good show. So I'm going to move on to a non-Bravo show, Special Forces, because we got our Tom Sandoval on there. And this is Special Forces Season 2, Episode 7. The ep episode is called Grit. And the description is, the recruits are taken to a mountain range where they are tasked with pulling sleds through two miles of dangerous terrain. This episode was crazy i already think this show is nuts but I, I would never i would never i didn't know if i should watch um special forces or below deck med first and 69 percent of you said i should watch below deck med first but i just i couldn't <laughs> i think below deck med is so boring and i am thoroughly entertained with special forces on fox especially like the opening intro i think the staff is saying what a mess in Tom Sandoval's face and he goes come on pretty fingers it's too funny so in this episode the opening scene has Sandoval filing his nails I the way this man spends so much time on his nails it baffles me like I do not have time for that I think it's funny so Tom Sandoval and Nick Vile are paired up as partners and they have to pull this. <laughs> I don't know how intense it is. I'm sure it's intense, but it's just funny to see Nick Vile going, Tommy, Tommy, come on. Stupid. Okay. So with Tyler Cameron, I never like he's obviously a good looking guy but when i see a good looking guy i just automatically assume that they're probably a douchebag so um i don't get like i don't usually crush that hard except for luca he really won me over with that wink. <laughs> but i would see him and be like oh he's probably a douchebag and whatever but seeing him on the show i I'm starting to just like his personality and his character, who he is. And I didn't know that, you know, he lost his mom and he talks about wanting to finish this because he's always been, you know, like just not quite there. He's always been like second place or, you know, didn't make it to the very end. So I don't know. I'm like, wow, he's becoming hot now. <laughs> and so uh, him and his partner won. Aaron and he's just like that you're beast Aaron good job credible the way he was like hyping her I was like oh my god that's very attractive 
So I think I like Tyler Cameron now. Um, but it's just funny to see that. And then then we see Tommy and Nick. Come on, Tommy. Come on, Tommy. Come on, Tommy. Oh my God. Hurry up. Let's go. Ugh. Oh my God. Then at one point we see Jojo Siwa braiding Tom Sandoval's hair. And I just like never will forget this for the rest of my life. I did. I think I did cry during this next scene where they had like their family members send them a video. And I'm like, I was crying during Tyler Cameron's. And then when Mickey Rourke hands came on, I was expecting something mind blowing, but it was so basic. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to like rag on Tom Sandoval's mom, but <clears throat> I feel like that was an opportunity for her. <laughs> Like missed opportunity, Mickey Rourke hands, because we've all been looking at you too during this. We didn't forget about you. And what she said actually made me feel like she's definitely an enabler. It was just a very basic video. And his level of emotion with that video just did not seem proportionate to what was delivered. So I'm like, what is this? It was weird. I don't know if he was acting. I also don't know if like Tom Sandoval is even a real person. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I have this theory because despite Tom Sandoval's denial, he's the same age as me. And when we were growing up, Jim Carrey was one of the main, you know, Hollywood celebrities who had major blockbuster hits. And it was like movie after movie after movie. And Jim Carrey was a big part of like pop culture in our lives. And if you guys know, because I was like, I, I love pop culture. I'm sure Tom Sandoval was like this too. But I would watch everything that came out that was new, that was popular, obviously. And when Cable Guy came out, it's like, oh my God, this is crazy. It basically is how Jim Carrey's character, he became like cuckoo and obsessive because he was neglected as a child and basically raised by the television. So then I'm like going through my head of like, Tom Sandoval does give off a lot of Jim Carrey vibes. And I think Tom Sandoval may have pulled a cable guy on all of Jim Carrey's characters. He even dressed as Dumb and Dumber with Schwartz at BravoCon in 2022. I'm very aware that I sound like Katie Heron and Mean Girls obsessing over Regina George. Okay, so then the second part of this episode, not only did they have to do this like physically grueling exercise, but then they're pursued by an ex-military hunter force with dogs in the dark. And Tom Sandoval, they're split up into two groups. <laughs> Tom is with Aaron and Jojo Siwa. Tom is not even cooperating or like being a team player at all. Jojo starts to lay down the law. She's like, stop. I keep calling you and you just keep going and we don't know where you're going. So he's like, come on, guys. We're going to get spotted. Like I just, if I was on his team, I probably would lose my mind. I would be so annoyed. So at one point, they reach this like camp, right? <laughs> and Tom finds trail mix. And he's like, I just want to get a handful of trail mix. And meanwhile, these 
People are on them, about to capture them and take them hostage. And he's like refusing to go, shoves food into his mouth. And Joe was like, Tom, we gotta go. We gotta go. He's like, oh, let me just go. He's like eating. He's eating. Like he's drinking water. Oh my gosh. And granted, it may have been like the editing, but they made him look like, like clueless. Dude, what is your deal? And it's just funny. I And this contributes to my theory about Tom Sandoval developing his personality and char- character off of Jim Carrey is that like watching him on this show feels like satire. And I don't know if like that, if this is his normal life, like his whole life feels like satire. Because he's like, if, you know, it would be one of like, like the proudest things i'm just like what is wrong with this guy look at this tell me this is not satire. <laughs> tell me that is not jim carrey's expression okay moving on below deck men season eight episode nine chow for now the episode description is the cruise day off at a beach resort is fraught with tension and division lingering from the previous night's kerfuffle The bosun's new romance ignites. A crew member confesses their frustrations and puts Captain Sandy in a difficult position. So before I talk about this episode, I want to make a major, major correction from last week. So I rewatched the end of last week's episode as I was getting ready to watch this week's episode. And that scene came up where Max said, I hate... I totally missed this part. I think I was too triggered by my experience that I like was in a blind rage. So I want to apologize and make a major correction that what Max said was wrong. I He said, we need to put the S in the LGBT or whatever. And that's when Kyle was like, no, you are an ally, but you are not part of LGBT. And he was firm about that. And at first, when last week, when I was like talking about this, I totally forgot that Max said, put the S in there. If you label yourself as straight, which I don't even believe is a thing, by the way, it's a spectrum. Okay. I don't even believe in straight. But, anyways, <clears throat> if you're going to label yourself as straight, I definitely don't think that you should say that you're part of the LGBTQIA plus community. This is to bring attention to people who have been oppressed by your people, actually. But anyways, I don't want to say the wrong thing, so I'm going to move on. But I just want to make sure that I made that correction because I do believe that Kyle was right in that situation. And I hope that Max learned and yeah. I think the whole thing, what I, I took his anger towards Natalia as being, as having anger towards Max for that without even realizing like Max definitely was wrong. So yes, I apologize. I was wrong for that. But anyways, I don't even know what happened this week because below deck mat is boring for me. I just like watching Luca, but Lucas, Luca was making out with Jess, the other stew. So we're done. Just kidding. We're still together. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to move on. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, season four, episode 11. If I could churn back time. Oh my God. This episode was wild. 
Episode description. Heather proposes a group trip to celebrate Monica's birthday, causing unresolved tensions between Monica and Lisa to reach a boiling point. Angie leans on Whitney for advice about her marriage woes. Whitney and Justin join Meredith and Seth on their new podcast and open up about the status of their marriage. Heather throws a Pioneer Day-themed lunch to thank her friends for their support. But the day ends with hurt feelings and the upcoming trip hanging in the balance. <laughs> this show is crazy. Okay. All right. Before I get into the actual episode from this week, I want to go through the reunion information that we got. So Bravo has begun to release the reunion seating because they know that we're also nosy. So at the reunion, to Andy's right, we have Monica in the first chair. Then we have Meredith and Whitney. On the other side of Andy, to his left, is Heather Gay, Lisa Barlow, Angie, and Mary. Okay, so I posted this and just prompted you guys with thoughts. I wonder if they'll talk about Lisa's son not going to Columbia. Probably. Why is Mary even there? Why does Mary even have a seat? Says two people. Heather? Somebody said. You know if Mary's there, she's doing a video from a Sprinter van of McDonald's parking lot. I hope they rip Monica a new one and her mom. Oh my gosh, I wonder if her mom is going to show up. Another one is Monica. Wrong seat. Whitney should be before boring Meredith. Ooh, Mary, why? She didn't participate in the season. Why would she be at the reunion? I think she was supposed to be at the reunion because she was a friend of. Um, shocking placement of Monica. Somebody said I miss John Shaw. Oh, Monica doesn't deserve that C with capital letters. I don't get the seating, but I'm here for Heather versus Monica. LOL. Not Monica in seat of honor? Oh, we know Mary isn't coming. I guess I saw that she was doing glam, so I think she does show up. And then the last one is, they gave Monica first chair to piss Lisa off and get her fired up for more drama. <laughs> that actually might be true. But yeah, so I guess they went late that night. And I'm just hoping that this reunion redeems itself because the last two reunions, I don't even remember, to be honest. So in this episode, I think it's weird that Heather and Monica are kind of like, like being besties, kind of. It's weird. I did feel very sad watching Angie and Sean. I don't know the reality of their marriage, but I am rooting for them and I... I want them to have a happy marriage so that for me selfishly, I can feel like true love exists <laughs> or that marriages can work. Because I, I feel like what they're going through is common. I don't think they're like the only people to ever have this happen. So I'm rooting for them. We'll see. Ugh, Lisa Barlow is having such a rough season. First her 60K ring and now the Porsche. That rock, Heathers, that rock is ridiculous. That rock took out a chunk of Lisa's Porsche. Rough season. So there's a scene with Whitney and Justin, and I just, I don't want this to be true, but like all the red flags are there, and it's just, it's painful to watch. 
um, Heather is super messy and I don't know. I feel like she knows what she's doing and I don't know why she would say, who do you throw off your wagon while they're at this crazy pioneer lunch with bonnets on their heads? <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that she organized that because the bonnets were clutch and Meredith really does look good in a bonnet, like spectacular. She should start a line of bonnets. <laughs> they did like some weird doll making activity, which was so creepy. I, oh my God. It scared me to be honest. Uh, Lisa and Monica are just continuing going at it. And I think Lisa got to her, but I'm not sure why, like, Monica held her own, but also Monica's comebacks usually are surface level, like you're old, um, your voice, like she's making fun of her voice. She's never really come back with anything of much substance that could really irk Lisa, I feel. Like she, Lisa is irked, but... She doesn't, Monica's not like really delivering anything that I feel like would be catastroph catastrophic for Lisa. So it's just kind of fun to watch. Uh, and all while well, this weird fight and weird lunch and activity is going down, we have the ladies still churning their butter. You have to do it for six minutes has to hit the top and the bottom <laughs> like what a wacky activity this was but it's great tv all right i'm gonna move on to winter house <laughs> winter house season three episode five how the west was fun episode description a backseat makeout leaves tom confused just days before the vanderpump rules reunion Alice continues his flirtatious ways, leaving Danielle to question whether she's up for a relationship quite this casual. The house throws a Wild West party, inviting locals and friends, including Jason Cameron and Aisha Scott. The Western hoedown helps one housemate get his mojo back. So number one, don't forget, I interviewed Jason right before Winter House filmed on Valentine's Day for our annual platonic Valentine's Day date. Go check out that episode. Also this morning, the Vanderpump Rules uh, season 10 reunion was playing. And I haven't seen it since watching Winter House because don't forget, we're watching Tom Schwartz in between filming of the last episode of Vanderpump Rules season 10, the finale episode, and the reunion. This is filling in the gaps. And he still hinted at like making up this lie about it being a one night stand while he's in the winter house. And he's also falling in love with Katie who happened. Katie Floody has the same first and middle, middle name as Katie Maloney, Katie Marie. <laughs> and it's torturing Schwartz. And I kind of love it. I feel like this is a little bit of justice it's a little bit of karma yeah it's karma I just wish he it's okay so I'm annoyed with Schwartz because he is 
quote unquote, falling in love with Katie Floody, buys her some like $300 turquoise cowboy boot earrings, which were hideous. I don't know why. And he's just like, here, I got this for you. Like, it was so weird. And then, um, <clears throat> but meanwhile, don't forget at the reunion, he threatens a cease and desist towards Katie Marie Maloney, his wife, on behalf of Joe, his roommate, former roommate. Guys, I'm scared. Joe is going to be on season 11, and I am so scared. I feel unwell when I watch her or hear about her or anything. And don't forget, we won't see this on any of the shows, but on social media, we were all keeping track when Schwartz got back from, from filming Winter House. Oh, no, it was after he filmed Stars on Mars. Okay, so never mind. This is after the reunion, after he filmed, filmed Stars on Mars. There's um, some boots on the ground um, reporting of Joe being at Schwartz and Sandy's drunk in the bathroom asking these women like, do you guys watch the show? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, I'm Joe. I'm Joe. And it just creeped me out. <laughs> I'm scared, guys. But um, yeah, I, I think Schwartz is going to be leaving the house early, which is a bummer. Kind of annoyed about that. But he better give us more skin of all next week. That's all I know. <laughs> Uh, also this Alex and Danielle thing is such a, it's such a train wreck, but I love how she comes out like Alex and her get into a little fight or whatever. Cause she wants to like go hook up and he wants to like hang out and she's like, whatever. And then she goes to go out in the hot tub by herself and he's out there. She goes, what? You thought you're going to ruin my night? <laughs> and just walks off. I love it. <laughs> Oh, Danielle, you can tell she's going through it. Oh my God. What at one point, Malia's like, Katie, you're chugging olive oil to Katie Floody. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is such a Schwartz type of thing to do. So maybe they are meant for each other. I don't know. But yeah, this train wreck of Danielle and Alex continues when later on she gets into bed. She's like, Alex, don't be stupid. Just come into bed and cuddle. And he listened. Like, so many sequence of events that are crazy to me and it just kept going. And then after five minutes, he just gets up and leaves and he's like, fuck this. Like what? I'm so confused. So did he want to hook up with her? Like, I'm so confused. But there was a scene where Tom Schwartz, I'm like hopping back and forth. There's a scene with Tom Schwartz where he said Sandoval should shave his mustache. And I just think it's so funny because few days later at the reunion, James calls Sandoval worm with a mustache. <laughs> love it. Oh, this is the kind of stuff I love. Just circling it back. Uh, so, oh, Aisha, she's, who doesn't love Aisha? She's just like the best all the time. And I totally forgot that her and Katie were Eskimo sisters from Jack. <laughs> I'm glad that they're friends. And let's not forget about Riley being there. It's kind of funny. She wasn't really on that much of the last episode, but she just 
she I love watching her just ravish men. So entertaining. She's like, mm, let's go. She wolf. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, season 13, episode five, Suttonly Suspicious. The episode description is still reeling from their tense exchange. Sutton isn't horsing around when she brings up rumors about Kyle's marriage. Erica comes to terms with her painful past during a tense visit from her mom. Crystal gets a tough talking to about her control issues with her brother. Garcelle throws a star-studded screening for her new movie, which is a night of celebration and major frustration for some of the ladies. Actually, I think I like this episode. Um, although Sutton, like I don't come for me, Sutton lovers, but I never, I don't dislike her or hate her, but I've never understood the fandom. I think she's kind of quirky and odd. Peculiar is the word I would use. She's just a bit odd. Eccentric? No, eccentric is usually a good thing. This is like not a good eccentric in, to me, which is subjective. Maybe some people like that. I, I don't enjoy it. So I never understood the fandom. I mean, I love that she gets $300,000 a month in spousal support. And I want to see her spend that money. And we got to see the horse, so that's cool. But I want to see, like, a carriage for the horse or something. Like, deck that horse out. Like, get it some, get it a crown or something. I don't know. Um, But something's up with Sutton. And I, I think she was drunk in that scene with Kyle. But I feel like there's maybe something else going on. I don't want to speculate any further because people get mad. Um, but the whole thing with Erica and her mom, that was so, so weird. Like, there is no parent-child relationship there. It. She even said, like, it was like her sister and she would be drinking at a bar at, like, 14 or 15 or whatever. It's like, uh, what? Excuse me? And then I think... I mean, I'm just speculating and I'm not saying I believe in this, but I'm wondering if once Erica married Tom Girardi and became Tom Girardi's wife, if her mom looked at Erica as like looked up to her in a way, like the roles kind of reversed. And now they're in this weird, they have this weird dynamic where it's like, who's, what's, Who's who? What's going on? Who's the parent? Are we? Do we need that? And I don't know. I would like that to see them, you know, explore their relationship more because obviously everything that's happened to Erica stems from her childhood and her mom has a lot to do with that. So let's learn more about that. And I just think it's funny how the, just the way they were interacting, like I could sleep on the couch, on the floor or in bed with you. And like, that just felt so weird. <laughs> but what else? Crystal. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize, like, I remember them saying that Chris, Crystal's pop star brother left China during COVID and that basically broke up his fiance and him and I but I didn't really they just like 
kind of brushed over it. And so I didn't really understand. But after this episode, I feel so sad for her brother. Like, I kind of think I under, I, I feel like I can understand what went down where her, their mom and Crystal were pressuring him to come to the U.S. because of COVID. Like everyone was panicking. I know somebody who moved completely. A lot of people moved. I can imagine, you know, you want your family with you. And it's just kind of unfortunate that they didn't consider all of him, which includes his fiance, his future wife. So it's kind of sad. Um, but I love the way that, you know, Crystal's husband was pointing, pointing out the truth to her. And he was being honest with her, even though she definitely didn't want to hear it. But sometimes you like don't enable people. That's when things go wrong. When we know something is wrong and we don't say anything, we're complicit. Like, don't enable. So I'm kind of like liking Crystal's husband now. Even though before I was like, oh. Okay. What else? Um, oh my gosh. I kind of started crying. I didn't cry. I was I felt like I wanted to cry though when Sutton or not Sutton, Garcelle's son Jax approached Erica. I just thought it was like so mature and I don't know, it just like warmed my heart. Like it made me feel so proud of Garcelle and like I loved it. Beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay real housewives of miami season six episode four slam dunks and friendship flunks larsa and marcus host a charity basketball game where all the ladies attempt and fail to play ball adriana's flatulence leads to an argument while trapped in a van alexia receives a lavish birthday gift Okay, so before I go in the episode, um, or if I even get to the episode, I just wanted to mention right before, not right before, but yesterday, before the new episode aired, page six dropped an article, which was kind of weird. The, t the headline was exclusive. Lisa Hoxine's boyfriend, Jody Glidden, called off wedding shortly before being seen with Real Housewives of Miami star for first time. I saw this and I did a poll. I said, oh my God, was I wrong about Jody? 40% of you said yes. 60% of you said no. At first I was like, oh my God, I'm wrong. Oh my God, my witchy senses. Because I've said, been very vocal about how he was my favorite house husband, quote unquote house husband. And so for this to come out, I'm like, how dare you? I'm going to read just a part of the article. During their five-year relationship, they grew as a couple, fell in love with each other's families, and experienced the greatest love of their lives, according to their wedding website, seen by page six. They got engaged in a boat in Paris overlooking the Eiffel Tower in September 2021. We can confirm that Glidden, 50, has a 14-year-old daughter from a previous marriage whom we're told Rabia helped raise. Rabia is the former fiancé. Though Glidden and Rabia did not have children together, we're told they spoke of starting a family once they were married. 
Multiple insiders say the former couple spent two years renovating the Miami house that was recently featured in an episode of Real Housewives of Miami as being Glidden's newly renovated home, which previously belonged to cast member Adriana DeMora. Their wedding was set to take place in the south of France on September 3rd, 2022, with a welcome party scheduled for September 1st. Multiple insiders tell us Glidden called off the nuptials only a few days before they were set to say I do, leaving everyone shocked. However, a source close to the tech entrepreneur maintains that he and Rabia ended their relationship a month before the wedding. Ooh, they even got like pictures of the, the welcome party, the beach lunch on September 3rd, and the wedding day, 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. Multiple insiders say the wedding party and dozens of guests still went on the trip to show support since they both seemed heartbroken. Very Carl and Lindsay-like. But the source close to Glidden insists some of his closest friends didn't even book their flights because they had so much notice. Conflicting information here. Multiple insiders tell us Glidden assured everyone that he and Rabia were taking a break to sort through their issues and would reschedule their wedding for a later date. Multiple insiders. I wonder who they are. We're told they were intimate and acted like a couple the entire time they were in province. Who's saying this? That's kind of a lot. Page Six has seen photos of Jody, Rabia, and Jody's daughter together in France on August 30th, August 31st, and September 1st, 2022. Oh my God, they showed the picture. On September 3rd, what would have been their wedding day, we're told Glidden flew back to Miami alone, leaving his daughter with Rabia so the teen could enjoy, still enjoy her vacation. Page six has seen photos of Jody's daughter in France on September 3rd. Security camera footage taken at around 2.30 a.m. on September 4th, 2022 shows Glidden and Hoxstein arriving back to the $52 million Star Island mansion she shared with estranged husband, Dr. Lenny Hoxstein, after an apparent night out. Multiple insiders say Glidden told Rabia he met Lisa 41 the day he got back to Miami, but she didn't believe him. Meanwhile, the source close to Glidden claims the reason he left Rabia wasn't Lisa. Multiple insiders tell us the Real Housewives of Miami star allegedly informed friends that she and Glidden began dating in July 2022, but they were not seen canoodling until December of that year. Ooh. Wait, multiple sources tell us Lisa knew about Glidden's engagement and allegedly saw Rabia's belongings and photos on the walls throughout the residence, which he has put up for sale. Meanwhile, the Bravo celebrity moved into a $32,000 per month condo in Miami Beach, which we're told Glidden helps pay for in September. We all felt so bad because it seemed like Rabia went into a depression while Jody was out parading around town with Lisa, one person close to the pair tells us. <clears throat> Adding that Glidden loves talking about his newfound fame and notoriety. Who's saying all this? Okay, so I see this and I'm like, say it ain't so. Well, I didn't even have to get that far because Lisa, Lisa and Jody enter the chat. Let me bring up my screenshots. Ooh, it's a lot. Okay. So on this page six post, Jody wrote, yes, I broke off an engagement a few weeks before I met Lisa. This article left out that Robbie and I broke up off and on all throughout the year and in early August made it final. I didn't want to bring a baby into the world in such an unstable relationship because I have a little girl and I have an ex-wife and I remember what a great relationship felt like. Robbie and I never found that stability, unfortunately. 
Lisa and I met for the first time weeks after the breakup. We went on a first date about three weeks after my final breakup. And Lisa and I were not exclusive or serious until many months after that. I was nice enough to let Rabia stay in my house that we had just moved into while I searched with her for a new place to live. I paid for her apartment when asked, gave her a car for a while when asked, and money to help her. I even was kind enough to pay to freeze her eggs since I was worried about her chances of having a child after our breakup. Wow, that's that's really nice. Um, I paid for all of this, even though I didn't have to. Rabia makes it sound like this was mine and her marital home. She and I had no kids, no marriage. I was afraid of all of that with her because we had such an on-again, off-again relationship. I was asked for more money a couple of months ago by Rabia. Rabia said she would go to the media to mess with me if I didn't pay. I refused. Lisa heard the whole thing, and I called multiple friends at the time, including lawyers. They would be happy to corroborate this. Ooh. But to some... But to sum it up, Robbie and I broke up almost a year and a half ago now. It's extremely disappointing that someone would team up to try to do this to Lisa and I and our children. We really just wish we could be left alone without these constant attempts to break us up or hurt us. Lisa and I really think that media pieces like this just hurt families and we wish we didn't have to respond when they keep happening. What kind of person airs their grievances in the media to begin with? Then Lisa responds, exactly. One thing about Jody is he's not a liar. He's one of the most honest stand-up men I have ever met in my entire life. Also, to make it seem as though I was the cause of any sort of breakup is preposterous, completely made up. What is the motive here? Then <laughs> Jody says, I agree. When you read these articles, you have to ask yourself a simple couple of questions. Who called the media and why? Then Lenny enters the chat. Not true. I know when you started seeing Lisa because she told me about you. I also know that the recording device you planted in my car has many previous recordings on it. Get a lawyer. You're going to need it. Then Lisa says, we assumed you were behind this. Thanks for confirming. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We assumed you were behind this. Thanks for confirming. Why don't you just go away and leave everybody alone and move on? You have zero credibility. Nobody, nobody believes anything you have to say. You're messy, abusive, mentally, and physically. She got 50 likes on that one. Um, the next one, Lisa responds again. Unbelievable that you are engaging as a so-called professional 57-year-old man. This man, Miami Jody, stepped up where you couldn't and take care of our children when you refused to pay for your responsibilities instead of trying to attack this man. You should be thanking him. Ooh, hoo, 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 oh, my gosh. And then Lenny responds to somebody else. I have <laughs> Amanda must have said, leave them alone. So he responds to Amanda. I have left them alone. I don't post anything about them. And I have never written anything here before. Maybe ask Lisa to leave me alone and stop lying about me. A person can only take so much. I'm trying to focus on myself and my children. But every day, Lisa comes up with a new accusation more outlandish than the last. I'm done being quiet. Lisa responds to Kimberly in a separate <laughs> multiple threads on this. Loser he is. I'm trying to move on, but all he does is constantly attack me, file motions against because he wants to financially abuse me. All you do is, and then she's writing to Lenny. All you do is litigate it against people. That's your life's mission. You're a mean, nasty old man. Leave me, the mother of your children alone. You're a monster. Oh my God, he responded. <laughs> 
This is Delisa. Laughable. He's living in an apartment I pay for and went on a ski vacation that I gave you 15K to go on. So no, Jody isn't paying for my children. They are well taken care of by me like they always will be. Oh, he responded to Lisa again. Behind what? You know everything here is true. Oh, here's Jody. <laughs> Lenny, I have a waterfront home that I pay for and then I'm paying for half of the place for Lisa and your children still waiting for the phone call. Wait, it goes on more. No, Lenny, we woke up to two articles this morning that you guys put in the media. We've been just trying to live our life. We took your kids to Jungle Island last night and woke up to this nonsense. <laughs> Lisa says to Lenny, you are too old for this. Go enjoy your vacation. Are you drunk? You pay 17K. Jody pays the rest for a 32K a month place so we can live in the proximity, according to the MSA, comfortably with enough space. So I don't feel alienated from my children. You wanted to put me in something small. Your life's mission, for whatever reason, is trying to destroy me. Move on. Aren't you on vacation? Jody does, goes to more birthday parties and kids' events than you ever have in your entire life as a parent. Don't get me started. Oh, my gosh. Then... Jody responds to Lenny. Ah, got it. Your evidence that Lisa and I were seeing each other was that you say so. As someone who is constantly, constantly talking about defamation, maybe you should stop defaming somebody who has money. Although I forgot how much you love lawsuits and drama. <laughs> oh my God. Then Lisa says to, to herself. <laughs> I am so team Lisa, but Lisa replied to herself. <laughs> oh my gosh. She wrote, <laughs> okay. You fight me for the children's uniform shoes. You fight me for camp for the kids. You refuse to pay my moving fees according to the MSA because you feel it's too expensive. Although it's the going rate. You always try to lowball everyone and get out of paying. You wanted to go public and hurt me. Although I've never come for you. Grow up. Oh my God. Then Lenny responds to Jody. So when the nannies tell me you're living there with your daughter, they're lying. Oh my God. This is Lisa to Lenny. What are you talking about? You lied to me every chance you get. You're even caught at your mistress's old apartment. A fan messaged me and told me he saw you with her. I have the screenshots. You later told me that you went there for some party and she happened to be there. Turns out that's where she lived. I wanted you to come with me to a wedding you refused to because, of course, you were cheating on me with your mistress. Oh, my God. Wait, Lisa has another thread. Um, What? I read the article and pretty much everything in it is completely untrue. If anyone would like proof or receipts, let me know. Also, I was dating somebody in July and August. I have never met this ex and I couldn't identify her if she was standing in front of me. What a coincidence. Lenny put out another defamatory untrue article with another publication about some supposed prescription drug use. I'm sure that was concocted by his mistress, her publicist, as I've seen them work with the same reporter before. Woohoo! Guys. Happy Thanksgiving. That was wild. I don't even want to talk about last night's episode because it wasn't that great. And basically, it was just Adriana fighting with everyone again. So, 
oh, I need to soak that in. I just, that's the first time I read it all, like all the way through. So that was a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's everything for today. I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I want to thank you all for listening and joining. Don't forget to sign up for Patreon or subscribe on Instagram to get more content that I am unable to share on this platform and early access to bonus content. Make sure to check out merch on bravoandblaze.com. Get your grandfather M. Effort mug. And as a reminder, subscribing, following, liking, commenting, and leaving a five-star rating are the best ways to support us here at Bravo and Blaze. Happy holidays, everyone. We'll see you next week. Stay lit.